The following episode of Geeks and Beats contains language or subject matter that may be unsuitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. 32 hours in the air, six flights. I land in Toronto after this marathon Back up, back up, back up. What are you talking about 32 hours in the air? Because you were only coming from London. I did London. I did Dominican Republic. I did uh, Boston. Yeah, but not all in a row. No, but over the course of 20 days, I spent 32, 33 hours in the air over six different flights. And when I land, you, you, okay, you know, I don't have much voice left. You've got to stop interrupting. I'm trying to tell you, I'm, try, I'm saving you your breath because 32 hours is a typical trip for me to Asia. Wong fucking wonk. <laughs> you do that one flight with 100, 200, 300 people on board. I have literally had to breathe the same well, air as more than a thousand people over the course of the last 20 days. Did not get sick at all. I come home after the whole thing, give my wife a lovely kiss yeah. for my trip to Los Angeles to interview the science fiction author Cory Doctorow, nonetheless. Oh, lovely. So we're going to have to ADR all of my questions back in Toronto because you are not going to want to listen to it. You can barely hear a word I said. Oh, dear. Is it that bad? Oh, yeah. It's just terrible. So I think you should do the show solo. So here you go. Here we go. Live from Studio 3B, now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes, Spotify, and GeoCities. This is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. All that jazzcast will introduce you to the internet's new streaming music site. And I finally got my jetpack, albeit in the form of a Bluetooth backpack. Plus, thank you to our patrons who are jumping ship from Patreon to PayPal. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. But here's the the neat thing about this whole trip is I took, while I was on this trip, um, a new gadget that was sent to the studios here called the Stealth Labs Speaker Backpack. Okay, what does it do? It it it, lo- it looks like a, a stealth bomber with those angled triangular edges, right? It's a hard shell case for a backpack, and at the bottom, it looks like it has jetpack thrusters, but it's a dual Bluetooth speaker. Okay, and what's the point? Well, it's your modern day boombox with your backpack. Oh, okay. Right. And I I so wanted to do this, but I didn't have the nerve. I wanted to pair it with my phone. And then set it up <laughs> with like a, a soundboard of the, the sound the police cars make when they pull you over. <laughs> kind of thing. And just like clear the path while I was going through customs to get to the front of the line. <laughs> we, we played with it while I was in London um, in the crew vehicle. And it, it's, got, it's got some bass to it. It's got some pack to it. And it's uh, a fully functional 12 liter pack as well. Wait, wait, what, what do you mean? Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. What do you mean 12? What do you mean 12 liter pack? You, you could you could put 12 liters worth of cargo space. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was something that you'd fill with vodka. <laughs> well, I, su- I suppose with this voice, it sounds like I probably did. It's water resistant. It's got an anti-theft design. But the problem with it is that I got all these sideways glances from the TSA guys. I bet. <laughs> we're, we're, we're running this through the machine going, what the hell is that thing? Well, it looks like a suicide vest. Exactly. This is on Indiegogo right now. 
and they've raised through 94 backers about 18,675 Canadian dollars. They're 93% on the way to their goal yeah. of 15,000 US dollars. So they're about a thousand bucks away. And the, the problem was, was that it wasn't the Bluetooth speakers in the bottom that drew their attention. There's this really neat Chevron style design, like a little angular bracket at the top. And at one point I got hauled off to the side over it and I asked the guy, I said, so what is it about this backpack that had me pulled over? And he said, oh, don't worry about it. It's stupid. I said, what? He says, yeah, we're not even check your bag. You can go through. I don't know. I said, what? what? Where was this? Yeah, yeah, where was exactly. It? Where was this? Um, this was at Pearson Airport going to Los Angeles to LAX. So this is where you get pre-screened. So this is uh, the Canadian landed TSA people. Right, right, exactly. So technically Americans on American soil, I think is right. the way it works. It is. Um, but I said, okay, no, 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 hang on. This is like a, a prototype backpack here. And like they, they'll retail for like 150, 200 bucks. Um, and so I, I wanted to, to give some feedback, get a sense as to what was wrong with this backpack that I got pulled over by the TSA. And they pointed out the Chevron, this little med, metallic kind of insignia. They said, yeah, they, they they looked at it. They didn't know what it was, so they were idiots. They stopped you. And it was weird to hear a TSA guy take shots at his fellow workers like that. It's like, we all know it's security theater, and it's pointless. Exactly. <laughs> so considering I don't really have a voice, for one, and two, I don't know anything about jazz. I think uh, I think I'm going to act as your, your your operator for this episode. Okay, this puts the pressure on me. I know nothing about jazz either. So uh, how are we going to set up this interview? Well, I think if you go to geeksandbeats.com, it'll tell you an awful lot about jazzcast.ca, which is the people behind this particular podcast. These people we're going to be talking to quite shortly. And um, ultimately, I abdicated any responsibility for doing any work on this episode because I knew that I would be absolutely like, I got like a fever and it's not because of the cowbell. So oh. I have no idea. What Are you that of, sick? Really? I am. For like the first time in a year since, since I left BNN, as a matter of fact. Wow. Yeah. Because you are susceptible to colds. I know that. But I used to be. You know when I stopped being susceptible to colds? When you stopped going into a studio. When we pulled down the drywall and found 150 square feet of inch thick black fuzzy mold in the wall oh. in the family room. Right, okay. As soon as I pulled that wall down, just the smell was just overwhelming. I grabbed my respirator, went back at it. We got it all cleaned up. You used special goo for it and everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking up Vanessa's uh, email here for the interview uh, tonight. I have it here someplace. Um, Shane wrote a piece about the history of jazz in Toronto, and Krista wrote a piece about the podcast itself. So I'm going to just leave it with you. Okay. Uh, as far as taking it from there, and they're going to be here in about two minutes or so. Okay. In the meantime... Do you have a new liver yet? Yes. Hello. Uh, can we have your liver? What? Your liver. It's a large uh, glandular organ in your abdomen. You know, it's, uh, it's reddish brown. It's sort of... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I know what it is, but I'm using it. Eh? Come on, sir. Don't, don't muck us about. Hello? What's this then? I live it on his card. Need we say more? Oh wait, it's kidneys. It's kidneys. No, I don't. I am awaiting some additional surgery this coming Friday. I have to have another one of these things called a ureteroscopy. Uh, 
Oh, that sounds like they go up through the penis. That is exactly what they do. Oh, fun times. Oh, no, it's not. This will be the third time that I've had this done. What they did to me a couple of weeks ago is they stuck a stent up there to push a kidney stone out of the way that was blocking my kidney on the left side. Now, that kidney had almost zero functionality. Well, the other kidney, which has a 1.6 centimeter stone in it lodged someplace, uh, was about 50%. So I was operating at about 25% uh, capacity when it came to getting urine out of my system. So what they did was they put a, um, a stent in the left uh, the left kidney so it could drain and sort of get back to normal. Now what they're going to, I'm sitting with that in me right now. It's about an 18 inch long piece of plastic hose. Uh, then they're going to take that out, replace that, do the uteroscopy, ureteroscopy, uh, and then uh, put another stent there, and then another stent in the other side, the other kidney, to drain that, try and get that thing back online. Uh, one kidney will stay, one stent will stay there for four days. That's for the left. The one for the right will stay there for six weeks. Uh, then they're going to take it out and try and figure out what to do about all the stones. So, um uh, a lot of people sort of giggle when they hear about kidney stones. It is not. It can be. It, it, I, I'm, I'm living proof that this could. This was almost fatal to me uh, a couple of weeks ago because uh, something called my creatinine levels were at the point where I was two hours away from going into a coma. Yeah, you said something like the average uh, adult is under 100, and yours was north of 1100. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was ugly, but uh, so we got to get this all cleared up. Um, because I got a busy summer of stuff I want to do, and I don't want to have a, to cancel another vacation. One of the secrets um, to podcasting is going on other people's podcasts and promoting your own. And it seems to be something that we should be seriously considering here, um, largely because for every 10 listeners we've got, nine of them are existing subscribers, but there's that one person we still need to convince to subscribe. So we're thinking maybe the best thing we should do is start showing up on other people's shows. And so with that in mind, uh, we actually looked into this at the Geeks and Beats website. Krista Sampson asks the question, what is Jazzcast? And joining us now to save us from your conversation about your kidney stones. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much on that front. Uh, is uh, one of the hosts behind it, uh, Walter Vinafro, uh, joins no, us. No, it's Vinafro. Vinafro. Yes. See, Walter. Uh, well, Walter and I used to work together many, many years well, ago. Why am I doing the intro when I'm the guy who doesn't even have the fucking voice? Well, okay, I'm going to tell you. Walter Vinafro used to work at CFNY back in the Spirit of Radio days. When I started there in 1986, Walter was one of the very first people I ever met at the station. He was working as a producer operator, and Walter was the guy that kind of showed me around for those first couple of weeks. Wasn't that right? That is correct. Yes. And many, now, many, too many years to uh, to to count, uh, uh, Alan. I will count them. Uh, that was 1986. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of really good years. I was there till '87, and uh, you continued on uh, in other roles. I think you uh, you moved into the uh, the day portion. I think your first shift was uh, a night shift, was it not? Yeah, it was, yeah I did six uh, five nights a week, and then Saturday morning from eight till noon. Wow, that was it was ugly. And I mean, I was making seventeen thousand five hundred dollars a year. Yeah, things haven't changed much. <laughs> no, they no they haven't. They really haven't. Uh, then Walter left. Uh, did you get fired? No, uh, actually. Um, 
I wanted to be on the air. Uh, and at the time, Tom Burns was the uh, program director, and there was an, an initiative to uh, to get a female announcer, and that's when they hired Mae Potts. Right, she was the last person hired by Dave uh, Don um, David Marsden. Right, and uh, so I went off to do some country radio, uh, a format I knew nothing about, but learned very quickly, and uh, worked in some clubs, and uh, I made a couple of stops at various other radio stations along the way as well. And you, uh, you ran a coffee shop for a while. I did. In fact, it was uh, just around uh, uh, 2 Dundas Street West when you guys moved from uh, the Brampton location to downtown Toronto. I did that for about 10 years. Uh, became the, uh, I guess, the coffee expert in the city. Got uh, calls from morning shows to, to talk about coffee and, and sandwiches and, and things of that sort. That's an interesting thing to have on your resume. And then you ended up at Jazz FM. Um, I won't go too deeply into what's going on at Jazz FM because it's a weird situation. Are you part of the, uh, the collective? Uh, yes, I okay. was. Okay. Right. Am. Okay. We won't go any further into that because it's pretty weird and litigious. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it'll be probably published as a case study for how not to deal with a crisis at a radio station. Okay. So, uh, are you still there? Well, um, I am, I've returned. I, uh, I was let go, uh, last June of, uh, 2018. And uh, there, uh, there's a new board uh, that was put in place uh, just about a month and a half ago, and uh, they've asked me to come back, and I'll uh, be doing my first shift at Jazz FM uh, Saturday, April 13th. For people who don't know what Jazz FM is, it is a community-supported jazz radio station in Toronto that has been around for a long time. It ran into some uh, management issues recently <laughs> and that are currently being, uh, being sorted out. I used to do some stuff at Jazz FM when... Um, I course, recall. Yes, when Chorus decided that they didn't need me for three years, so I would come in and talk to uh, Brad Barker every afternoon. Or, well, every Thursday afternoon, I guess it was. So, let's let's go with, with Jazzcast. Somebody, uh, okay, I do this ongoing history of new music podcast, and uh, it's, it's doing okay, and some people have asked me if I know of any other music-related podcasts worth listening to, and... To be very honest, I'm way too busy with my own thing to uh, to learn about anybody else's thing. Hey, hang on, you're not even promoting us? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, we're oh, here. Uh, by the way, since, since I'm on autopilot here, you, you have another guest who's joined you. Oh, yes. Hello. Hello. This is Garvia. Hi there. Okay. Uh, okay, Garvia, what do you do? <laughs> what do I do? How are you related to Walter? <laughs> What do I what yes. do I do in terms of Jazzcast or just in general? Uh, both. Let's start with in general, and then we'll get to Jazzcast. Okay. In general, I have been an arts journalist and a broadcaster in uh, in and around Toronto. I worked at the CBC and worked at Jazz FM uh, on air there as their morning show host. So um, I was on air at the CBC for many years, ten years on television and radio mostly. Um, and now at Jazzcast, I'm hosting and producing and co-founding and doing everything that needs to be done when you have a startup kind of um, with just a, a skeleton crew of passionate people. So um, I was just finishing up a press release for us just now. So, yeah, I do. I do a lot of things, but I'm, I'm mostly a, a lover of the arts. All right. Let's discuss Jazzcast. What is it? Well, sure. Um, well, it's a uh, it's a web radio station uh, that uh, will be going live as of uh, May first, and uh, it is uh, co-founded uh, by uh, Garvia Bailey, who you just heard, Danny Elwell, and Heather Bambrick, who is also a broadcaster and a Juno-nominated uh, vocalist. 
Uh, and it was born out of uh, sheer passion and uh, the fact that uh, the platform uh, was was right for exploiting. Um, uh, jazz can always use another uh, another radio station. And uh, considering the four of us have had uh, some um, extensive experience in the uh, in, in that uh, genre, um, fourteen years, uh, fourteen plus years uh, for myself. Um, Danny's uh, Danny's been at it and very passionate about the uh, the music. And um, you know, jazz is uh, is music that has been around, may not have been, and may have left the, uh, I guess the uh, the pop world several decades ago. But it uh, it's still around and influencing a, a lot of uh, genres. Uh, well, the, the, sorry, go the ahead. first ha- the first half of the twentieth century was all about jazz. Jazz was the thing that drove culture forward. Indeed. And then rock then rock and roll came along, kind of pushed it out of the way, and now hip hop and rap and R and B are pushing rock out of the way. So. Uh, but jazz was the thing and uh, f- for that first 50 years of the 20th century and continues to be a very important you know, form of music. Now, this is a um, this is a this is an Internet radio station. Correct. OK, explain how you've set that up. Well, um, not knowing much about uh, the technology myself, we uh, we uh, invested invested in a, a, a an engineer who uh, set us up with a, a little studio that we have. Just uh, on the uh, laneway in uh, in the Ossington Village area, or the Ossington Street area, rather. And um, yeah, we've uh, we've got a uh, we've got a curated playlist that is streaming right now, and uh, we've got a couple of uh, great hosts that'll be uh, joining us over the uh, course of the next few months. Um, a, uh, a group out of uh, New York City called Duchess that'll be doing a program from there. Uh, program coming out of uh, Vancouver, and um, basically. Uh, giving us a, a vibe of what's going on on the West Coast. Uh, we have a, uh, a show that's coming out of Quebec, so we, uh, we get a chance to hear what's happening on the uh, jazz scene in Quebec. And we're working on some, uh, some global connections as well in Tokyo, Germany, and uh, other places, and South America as well. We've got a show out of New Orleans. New Orleans, correct. Yeah, um, in fact, yes, we do have a show in New Orleans, uh, courtesy of uh, Chris Butcher, who is a, a member of a, a group uh, from Toronto called the... Uh, um, oh, forgive me, uh, Garvia. The Heavyweights the... Brass Band out of uh, out of Toronto. Thank you. And so Chris is now touring with uh, the Mar- the Marcellises and and plays regularly with them and has set up his own studio there in New Orleans to record um, interviews and sessions with all the players that come through there and all the uh, in- incredible um, the incredible jazz community that just lives in New Orleans and just lives to play together. So it's kind of like this great uh, opportunity for us to be in the birthplace of jazz with all these these players. Like we talk about the history of jazz, but um, as you know, uh, to, to coin a phrase from someone we know, it's kind of like the ongoing history, the ongoing new history of jazz music as we um, continue. Okay, this sounds awfully complicated and expensive. So you've got a studio in... <laughs> well, it does, because I can't imagine setting up a radio show with multiple uh, source affiliate, sources. You know, you were talking about Vancouver, you were talking about New York, talking about New Orleans. Uh, um, is this a 24-hour-a-day operation, or is it something that you put on a loop? Uh, how does it work? Well, it's a uh, seven days, 24 hours a day. My apologies. Guardian. No, go ahead. Actually, yeah, since please. we're all stepping all over each other, let me ask you this. Am I the only one hearing birds twinkling, or is it the medication that I'm on? Is that what that is? Oh, no, that's you're, – you're, I'm, I'm sitting outside while we're doing this. <laughs> 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 uh, 
It's better better that I sit outside than inside where my cattle dog will be barking uh, ferociously uh, throughout this whole uh, uh, broadcast, so I thought maybe it would be better. That- well, okay, I thought somebody was writing on a, on a squeaky whiteboard or something, but that's fine. If it's a bird, it actually had some ambiance. <laughs> it's spring. It's springtime in Toronto. Yes, let it go. Okay, continue. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we've got uh, the shows are curated, so uh, essentially they're uh, they're pre uh, pre recorded and sent to us, and uh, they're obviously uh, scheduled to to uh, to play at some some point uh, during the week. And uh, we've got a, a curated uh, playlist that is actually uh, streaming right now if you go to our uh, website, jazzcast.ca. So it seems complicated, but with the advent of this internet that we have, um, there is there are so many people that are already producing shows who now have a, an, an additional platform for them through Jazzcast. Um, there's folks that are, are producing brand new shows just for Jazzcast as a, as their platform and might be able to, you know, um, have, have that sit on their website or put it up on their SoundCloud. So it's a very, it's more of a, uh, it's a radio station, but it's also a platform. It's also a place where we can pull people into kind of this, this community that we're building, this international community that we're building and say, Hey, here's a place uh, people can come and listen to you and listen to um, people that are like-minded around the, the genre of jazz, you know, forward thinkers. And um, and they can just sit here on JazzCast and listen to a bunch of great folks doing this. So it might seem really complicated and expensive, but in 2019, it's what every, you know, it's what people are doing anyway, you know, just being able to hone in on what they want to listen to. And then it's all kind of there. So the great thing about technology right now is that it's kind of all at our fingertips. The way that the three of us, the four of us are talking right now is just a testament to that. But there are costs involved. How, how, I mean, for sure, nobody's drawing a salary, are they? Or, or is this just a labor of love at the time for the time being? Well, for the, uh, the time being, no one's drawing a salary. Right. <laughs> uh, this is all a labor of love. We have uh, we have some uh, wonderful patrons on uh, the uh, Patreon platform that have uh, decided to donate to uh, what we're doing, and um, we've had uh, some uh, great donations from uh, some supporters that uh, believe in what we're doing as well. That have uh, given us some uh, seed money in order to buy some equipment, and uh, through the relationships that we've developed over the uh, over the last fifteen twenty years, uh, we're we're reaping those. Uh, the benefits of those relationships uh, with respect to uh, discounts uh, for certain pieces of equipment. But for the most part, people have been uh, been very, very kind and have offered uh, uh, their assistance uh, without any kind of compensation. So that's a great thing. Well, that's the, that's the thing about jazz fans. They do stick together and they do support each other. And because it's a relatively tight-knit community of people who are very passionate about their music and the culture that, that music creates, um, they want to see it continue in, in some form or another, right? Absolutely. And we also, I mean, we also have the, the, have sponsorships. I mean, it's not, it's not without the help of, of, of other, you know, be it, um, uh, businesses or, or people that are music related that have uh, some, some cash or they want to advertise or sponsor a show. We have that as a, as a form of income as well, but you're absolutely right. When you talk about, um, people that love jazz really, really love it. Like, I mean, of, of the musical genres that I've, that I've had the pleasure of working in, this is one where, um, a, a community will dig in if they like what you're doing 
they will support what you're doing. And it's, and it's kind of that kind of goodwill that has gotten us this far. We're lucky that infrastructure wise, um, we just happened to have one of our co-founders just happened to have a building that was there ripe and ready for us to kind of move into. So that kind of helps with the overhead. Um, and, and then we had someone that was really into the idea of, of getting us the equipment so that we can make this happen. We've had just so, so many really generous, lovely people who have said, we get you guys, we believe in what you're doing and we wanna see it fly. So here's some stuff, make it happen. Okay, here's a question about the music. What are you doing about licensing the music? How are you addressing SoCan, Resound, and all the other performing rights organizations? Well, no, we're doing it all. It's all legit. Uh, we we feel that uh, all the artists uh, need to be uh, need to be recognized. So uh, we'll be uh, participating in the uh, SoCan uh, weekly uh, or other, I should say, quarterly uh, surveys. Uh, so that way uh, they can um, dish out all the uh, you know the uh, um, the appropriate funds. Correct. Thank you. Interesting. Um, so the programming that, uh, and I'm trying to approach this like you would a regular terrestrial radio station. And I'm suppose, I suppose you guys are too. Are you going to run commercials? Or are you going to run sponsorships and tags and bumpers and openings and closings? And how, how are you going to, how do you figure everything in? Well, with respect to uh, sponsorships, uh, they will be recognized uh, probably at the top of the show uh, and at the, uh, at the end of the show. But uh, during the show, it'll be uh, non-commercials. And, and it's also, you know, it's, I think we're not, we're, it's a radio station, but I don't think that we're using a terrestrial, we're not using a terrestrial radio model. Um, I think the best thing to do is, is to think of it in terms of, um, this is a, like I said, it's, it's this, it's this platform. It's 24 seven. Um, we have these, these nuggets, these shows that are, are programmed and say a sponsor wants to come on board and sponsor just one show. They can have that relationship with that, with that host. We have, um, you know, someone like, um, the bassist, Rich Brown, he has, you know, these great relationships with, with, um, his, his base. Uh, sponsorship, the folks that supply him with his base, he could go out to them and say, now I have this radio show. Maybe you want to sponsor my show. You know, maybe, you know, these are all scenarios that are, are open to us. So it's not, I can't, it's not going to be, you're going to be, it's going to be familiar in the voices and the storytelling as far as terrestrial radio, but it's not the same kind of necessarily exactly the same kind of model as terrestrial radio. I think it's better. <laughs> I know that Jazz FM had a huge, or does, continues to have a huge online presence. You have people listening all over the world because it's one of the few proper jazz stations on the planet. So are you competing with them or are you an, uh, in addition to them? Well, I think it's in addition to, uh, let's, let's remember that this is a totally different platform than terrestrial and uh, most terrestrial stations still have not... Uh, looked at uh, the internet as a, a possible B channel uh, for their programming. And uh, that's where we're, we're looking at as an opportunity to, uh, to grow the, uh, the community. Are you, uh, and sorry, are, are you, do you have any stations, online stations that you're using as uh, virtual mentors or uh, a template for what you're doing? Or are you just kind of making this up as you go along? We're making this up as we go along. Yeah. 
I don't think it's a bad thing at all, actually. Um, but as far as teaching ourselves what what happens next, how the model works, that is absolutely um, a, a sort of a work in progress. And we are learning as we go along. Thank God we have so many people out there that are able to help us that have, it's not like we're complete pioneers in this, but we are definitely, you know, forging our own path and figuring out how we want to do it. That's the lovely part about it. It's uh, it's it's kind of like learning how to play an instrument. If you don't know what you're not supposed to do, then you make some very interesting and perhaps some very beautiful mistakes that will result in something truly unique and interesting that will attract more and more listeners. It, it's like jazz. That's exactly. Well, I wish you guys all the luck. I, I'm going to be watching this very carefully because I've always been a big advocate for online radio, the kind of online radio that you're attempting to do, because I think that done properly, uh, this is the way things are going. At some point, we're going to get rid of AM and FM entirely and go completely to IP delivery. And uh, there are some very adventurous uh, people out there trying new things like you. And I, I really hope you do a good job. Garvia Bailey and Walter Vanafro of jazzcast.ca. If you want more information on Jazzcast, uh, go to geeksandbeats.com. Thanks for joining us, guys. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Ever wanted to be a Big Shot co-producer? It's just like Hollywood. Visit geeksandbeats.com to learn how you can pad your resume with an exciting show credit. We'll even send you the album cover of your episode, suitable for framing in your parents' basement. I, I learned an awful lot there, dude, uh, mm -hmm. listening in on this conversation about the, the structure of what's going on. I don't think I learned a damn thing about actual jazz. I don't think you need to. That wasn't the point. <laughs> I think if you listen to the to the Jazzcast uh, uh, programming, you'll learn all you need to know about jazz. I'm fascinated by this idea of, of getting rid of AM and FM. Yeah. Um, this, you know, we do have satellite radio. We do have countries around the world that are using digital audio broadcasting. That will never come to Canada because of a variety of things involving the United States and their military frequencies. Uh, HD radio has been a non-starter for most of North America. So we're going to end up at some point where everything is connected over the Internet. No more AM and FM. And it's going to be some kind of interactive, uh, customizable um, series of programs from either individual broadcasters or a network of broadcasters that offer a whole whack of things. I mean, Sirius XM, at some point, they're gonna they're, they're planning to shoot down the satellites and deliver everything over, over IP. Um, and it's going to be a really interesting next, I don't know, 15 to 20 years when it comes to broadcasting. Time now for Geeks and Beats Update. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. I want to say thank you to Ryan Metherall for supporting the big show with a $10 donation via the PayPal account. It seems more and more people are bypassing Patreon and just donating directly to the show. Well, that's good. We need all the money that we can get. We also want to say thank you to uh, Victor Biggio, who's uh, sort of our, our uh, producer in residence, uh, who has got a regular recurring uh, donation to the big show via the PayPal account as well, which means we get all of that money instead of just uh, the percentage minus uh, what it is that Patreon takes. So thank you very much for that. Um, I got uh, um, an email from, uh, I think it's Scott, who had a Geeks and Beats mug. Yes. Uh, and he was uh, in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. He was. Beautiful photograph, yes. Oh, you saw that? 
Oh, so we want to say thank you to Scott as well, who's always been a big supporter of the show. Victor Biggio, by the way, the one largely responsible, well, completely responsible for the hashtag GN, as in Norman, B, Mug Tour 2019 for this year, but he started it in 2014. If you go to the website and buy one of our miracle travel mugs of traveling, which keeps hot beverages hot and cold beverages cold using the power of science... You, too, can get on our Twitter feed by taking a photo of you with the mug somewhere in the world. Yep, and I will, again, attest to the power of the Miracle Travel Mug of Traveling because I have yet to find, and this is this is not me blowing smoke, I have yet to find a better travel mug, and I have tried them all. So you need a new pair of kidneys i apparently need a new thorax so if you don't want to support the show via patreon or paypal maybe you'd like to make an organ donation yes we do take internal organs catch all new episodes of geeks and beats wednesdays on itunes and watch for geeks and beats magazine on a newsstand near you to be part of next week's show call area code 323-319-NERD Follow the stories on Twitter, Facebook, and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.